0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride with Nate Christensen, Maurice Elston. I am Nick Schwartz. The Chiefs are six and one, and for the second time in three weeks, guys. We are treated to a matchup between one of the best teams in the NFL and one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Chiefs are facing the Broncos again this weekend, this time in Denver. And Patrick Mahomes has the opportunity to go 13-0 and against Denver. The Chiefs have almost played an entire NFL season's worth of games without having lost to the Broncos. 16-0 on the line for Kansas City against Denver. Do you guys like this uh, this quick, like, three-week, bang them all out, we're done with the Broncos
2: for the rest of the season here? Yeah, I, I kind of like it just I actually do. Go ahead,
3: Pre- oh, go ahead, Maurice. I'm
2: like, I kind of like it just because it's the Broncos. I'm like, let's get them on out the way. It's not somebody that we're going to have to necessarily – that she's going to have to necessarily worry about for the rest of the year. It's not like they're a contender. And all. So I'm like, get too easy. AFC West wins and let them, let, let them move on be done with the Broncos.
3: I I always love getting division games out of the way because I always say division games are so weird at times. Uh, This year, it hasn't been as much. The Chiefs have really taken care of business. But, like, I always think, like, past years, like when the Broncos had, like, Vic Fangio and those teams weren't good, but they would always take the Chiefs down right to the end of the game. So I was, like, getting all the division games out of the way because, like, for whatever reason, even though the Chiefs, I saw this stat today, they're 39-5 and in their last 44 AFC West games. And that just, like, blew my mind. I hadn't even thought, like, that. that just, that's such an astronomically high number. Uh, I Like, I haven't even looked like what that compares to, like, the best streaks in NFL history. But, yeah, overall, like, it's always good to get those divisional games out of the way just because they can be so wonky since the teams know each other so well.
1: And what was interesting going into the game two weeks ago when we talked about this was the idea that the Broncos are so bad that perhaps the Chiefs aren't going to put as much on tape as maybe you feel like you need to, or maybe it's an experimentation week, right? If you're Andy Reid, like we're not going to run our normal plays. We're going to try some things out. We're going to work some guys in. I don't know how much merit there is to that, but I I do think there's merit to the idea that these games are always weird. Like you said, Nate, not just the division games, but specifically the Broncos games. 19 to eight was the final score. These when these teams met two weeks ago, and it kind of just goes in line with what I expect to see from these games, which is I know the Broncos are bad. I know the Chiefs are good. I know on paper this should be a very lopsided matchup, but once the ball is kicked at 325 Arrowhead time on Sunday, I fully expect this to be an ugly, sloppy, weird game that probably is not going to be how we all think it's going to go and how we're all going to talk about over the next 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It, it it always turns out out that way where it just something crazy happens and makes it be closer than what it what what everybody probably thinks it should be. But we'll see, we'll see. I'm I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how the Chiefs come out this week in in play this week. Before
1: we get into the injuries and our keys for this week, I do think it's kind of an interesting time to talk about this because the Chiefs are sitting here going about their business, six and one on the season. And last week we talked no more undefeated teams, right? The Niners lost again. And in the NFL specifically, because we have six days to talk about this and figure out, you know, what our hot takes are going to be for the week, we, we, change our, we change our tune with the wind, right? We very quickly will turn on a team that two weeks ago we were trotting out there as a potential Super Bowl candidate. Like that's happening right now with the 49ers. Last week it was happening with the Eagles as well. Are the Chiefs the best team in the NFL? As we sit here right now, almost halfway through the season, six and one. At no point have they played to a level where the rest of the country or all of the other fan bases are turning to Kansas City and saying, that's the most complete team in football. We've done it with the Dolphins. We've done it with the Eagles. We've done it with the 49ers. At no point has everybody turned their attention. We did it for the Lions, right, after they beat the Buccaneers. Like, hey, wait a minute. Is this the best team in the NFC? At no point have we all kind of collectively as an NFL fan base got together and said, you know what, the Chiefs are the best team in football, yet they're quietly going about their business 6-1. and Do you guys think they're the best team in the NFL right now? Um,
3: Yeah, I think so. And I think one thing about last week when I was thinking kind of about last week was I feel like the NFL is starting to kind of separate itself a little bit. Like to me, when I kind of look at the snapshot of the NFL, to me the four best teams in the NFL are the Ravens, the Chiefs, the 49ers, and the Eagles. And it feels like the further away we go, like the Lions, you know, we saw the Lions maybe not have that ability to step up and be great teams last week. And the Cowboys have kind of fallen off a little bit. The Bills have dealt with so many injuries on defense. But within that kind of fourth tier that I think can really win the Super Bowl, I do think the Chiefs are the best. I think they are starting to figure out things offensively. I've been a little bit pessimistic about the offense, but I thought last week was so encouraging, like offensively, what they were doing. Um, how efficient they were passing the ball. I thought that was incredibly important. And this defense continues to answer every single challenge. And I've, I've said this on every platform. It's like there's no reason why this defense can't sustain success. I really don't. like. They'll have bad games, certainly, but there's no issue where I'm like, this is a serious problem for this team that they can't solve. So, yeah, I think that with the pedigree and the talent and the quarterback and the coach, they should be seen as the best team in the NFL.
2: I I would definitely agree. I feel like the Chiefs are the best team. I feel like only reason National hasn't got to that to say it is because the standard for the Chiefs is so high. I feel like the standard for what the Chiefs should be doing, how the Chiefs should look, how many points they should be putting up, all of that is so high. But when you really look at it, like they'll call the Dolphins or somebody a complete team because their offense is clicking. But the Kansas City Chiefs are not that far behind the Dolphins when it comes to yardage, touchdowns, um, offensive, you know, where we stand, where the Chiefs stand as an offense. They're not too far behind in all the numbers of the Miami Dolphins, but yet everybody's looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and saying, what's wrong? Because you don't see the 31, 35-point games. Something has to be broken. And that's keeping them from saying this is the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team. But guess what? The Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the nfl right now um they can easily not have any losses right now the only loss that they have is by one point to to a lions team that was was pretty good and that was without two top 10 players in the league playing that game and the chiefs lost by one i think it's it's been clear that they've won many different ways offense is finally starting to click um I think it's without a doubt right now the Chiefs are the best team.
1: I think I agree with you guys, but I don't think I can make the argument for the Chiefs without using their history, without referencing last season, without referencing the last five years. And, of course, other NFL fans, they don't want to hear that, right? They're like, no, 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 how good are you right now? Which I understand because the Chiefs, like those other teams, have not shown their full potential, I don't believe, in a game this year. I don't think the Chiefs have put on tape four quarters of football that would suggest this is what they look like when they're playing their best. Like, the 49ers have done that. The 49ers and the Dolphins have done that, where you say, oh, wow, okay, when they're playing like that, who's going to beat them? The Chiefs have yet to do that this year, but again, you can say leave out history, but we all know history, track record, data, like, it all matters. And the Chiefs have all of that in positive ways more than any other team in the NFL. OK, before we get to the keys, Maurice, would you like to fill us in on the injury report here as we get ready for Kansas City, Denver? OK, yeah,
2: um, we're recording this on Thursday. So as, as a Thursday, um, Jared McKinnon for the Chiefs did not practice today. He was a full participant yesterday. They said growing, um, but he was full participant. So you're wondering if it was a setback there or just a simple rest day um, for him. Of course, Nick Bolton is out with the risk injury. Harrison Bus- Harrison Buckner was a full participant yesterday, but he did not practice today due to illness. Um, Justin Watson and Mike Watson, I mean Mike Edwards, are on the um on the injury report, but both were full participants yesterday and today. As um, far as on the Broncos side of things, um, offensive tackle uh, Garrett Bowles was limited, and um, Brandon Johnson, wide receiver, was limited. Dwayne Washington, running back, did not practice on yesterday, but he is a full was a full participant today. Then you have two full participants in Baron Browning and Justin Simmons. So, really, from the looks of it, you got two fairly healthy teams coming into this game on on, on Sunday. And for the Kansas City side of things, the only name that you would really circle and say, okay,
1: there's not any update coming would be with Nick Bolton on the injured reserve, dislocated wrist. So, aside from that, we don't really have to spend any time over the next 48, 72 hours wondering who's going to go, who's not going to go, especially from the Chief side of things. Let's get into Kingdom Keys, 19-8, to was the final score when these two teams met two weeks ago. Nate, why don't you start us off? What is your key for the Chiefs here in the second and final matchup between these two teams?
3: Well, it is funny. I just said how the Chiefs don't necessarily have one major weakness, and I do believe that. But I do think there's one thing that is worth noting. The Chiefs haven't been great stopping the run this year. If you look by advanced stats, the Chiefs are actually 30th in rushing EPA per play, which I found surprising. They are 19th at success rate. So they're giving up more explosive runs and getting like gashed consistently down to down. But it's it's certainly, you know, something to monitor. I wouldn't say it's been something that like has killed the Chiefs by any means, and they've been so good as a pass defense and rushing the passer that I really don't care too much. But it's still worth noting that they haven't been able to stop the run as well as they have stopped the pass. So that's just something that I think you know the Chiefs needed to kind of get better at, certainly. like they, they have something that they can kind of work on. And I think the last time they played the Broncos, the Broncos didn't do a terrible job running the football. Um, between Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin, they had 17 carries for 82 yards, so right around five yards a carry. Um, Michael Burton had a couple carries for first downs and some short runs. Uh, Russell Wilson had some scrambles. So they actually, especially in the first half, did a pretty decent job of running the ball. I think that's been a trend with some of these games. Like last week, the Chargers in the first half ran the ball really well. In the second half, they didn't run quite as well. So it could just be the Chiefs kind of getting their bearings on the game and stuff like that, getting better as the game goes on. I wouldn't say this is like a major concern by any means, but it's just something they continue getting better. At. And certainly Denver, you know, Denver obviously wants to win this game. Like they, they want to snap the win streak. Sean Payton wants to beat the Chiefs. And in order to do that, he's going to run the football a lot. He's not going to ask Russell Wilson to drop back a whole bunch. That's been the identity of their team this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he leans in the run even more. So for the chiefs, let's just, you know, shut down the run, get them into third down because that's just something that Denver is not very good at at because of Russ's age and some of the issues with their offense. So let's just start building the foundation that we don't need to be the best run defense in the NFL, but as long as we're like, average to below average i think that's plenty good enough to where i would never be concerned
1: about that in like a playoff setting i think that's a fair ask we're not saying you need to be great at it we're saying don't be the worst don't be one of the worst teams at stopping the run you kind of hinted at this nate but while you were giving your explanation for this all i could hear was that nate wants the broncos to make russell wilson go out and win the game for them right like that's basically what you're saying. Shut down the run, make Russell Wilson be a superhero for your only chance to win this game, which based off the way he's played the last year and a half, I feel like that's a pretty good proposition for the Chiefs.
2: I feel like like the Chiefs haven't been just getting totally hammered on a run, but they've given up some big runs almost every game where you'll see a big run happen and make it numbers look more a little inflated than what it is. But I, I think the same thing. If you if you can stop that. And, and shut those big runs down and, and force them into a pass situation, even, even more the better for the Chiefs to, to come out on top. If they can get started getting middle ground, you no know, top, maybe top twenty, honestly against the run, I think that would be good enough for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Let me ask you guys this really quick, Maurice, before we get to your key: the Broncos won last week. It was against the Packers. I don't really know how anybody feels about the Packers at this stage in the season. But even going back to the last Chiefs matchup, the defense was able to keep Kansas City in check a little bit. Their rushing attack has got going. I think for a lot of us, that 70-20 to 20 loss to Miami sticks in our heads. But there's part of me, and it's a very small part. I want to be very clear about this. There's part of me that wonders, like, is, is Denver starting to figure like, something out? Maybe not something to the tune of competing the rest of the season or going to the playoffs, but... They were fast tracking towards being the worst team in the NFL, and it does feel like maybe they're trending upwards just a little bit here over the last couple of weeks. Are you guys buying into that at all? Not at all.
3: Well, they're no longer the worst <laughs> defense of all time, uh, but I still don't think they're very good. Um, I, I, they, they at least now are like not like down twenty five points every game because of like their defense. But I that's mean, progress, it's the Packers, that's progress, Packers. That's progress. Yeah. Yeah, I mean oh, they're yeah. definitely getting better. I, I do think the offense is generally okay, but the defense I still I'm I'm not I'm not gonna trust it too much yet.
2: Here's how I look at it. They they played the Raiders, not great. The commanders, not great, the Dolphins, a good team. You see what happened there. They beat the Bears when the Bears was at one of their lowest points, uh lost to a Jets team with no Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Chiefs then came and beat them, and then they beat a Packers team that's been spiraling down. So have they looked better? Yes. The two teams that they really played, you would probably just say the Broncos and the Chiefs, right? And and honestly, if you take away two awful passes by Patrick Mahomes throwing off his back leg and not putting enough on it and, and leading to two interceptions, that game is probably not as close as it ended up being as well. So I do do I think they piecing it together. They look a little better, but I'm not buying it. Just wanted to throw it out there. <laughs> just just throwing it out there, guys. Okay. Don't don't
1: shoot the messenger here.
2: Uh Maurice, I want to stick with you. What's your key for the Chiefs on Sunday? For me, it, it's pass rush. It kind of bounces off what in a sense what Nate Nate was saying that putting Russell Wilson in a position where Russell Wilson has to go out and win the game. So slowing down the the run enough and the Chiefs' offense executing enough to jump out to a lead where now the Broncos have to pass. And then once that happened, let the down linemen, the blitz schemes that Spags likes to draw up, and just harass Russell Wilson all, all night, all afternoon long. I think if the Chiefs are able to do that and um, make Russell Wilson have to win the game, the way that the pass rush has been, been going, um, Kralofis has looked totally better. I mean, I think he's leading the team when pressures right now followed by Chris Jones at already a five and a half sacks on the season. Mike Dana had four and a half sacks on the season. And you're not even a minute of you took the defensive line to another level last week with his return. And then um even FAU, right. Just his rotation in there. Kind of the reason why I feel like they didn't make the jump to sign Frank Clark because the defensive line has been playing so well. I think you keep that pressure coming from the defensive line and, and put the Broncos in a must-pass situation and then let us pin our ears back. And that's not even talking about our linebackers coming on blitzes, the the sneeze and the McDuffie's on the blitzes, the tranquils, right? The Willie really Gay. Like Spags has really drawn up some nice blitz packages this season that's really seemed to be confusing the other offensive lines. And I think if they keep that up, that, that the Chiefs will uh, bring another one home. <laughs>
4: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's never going to get old to me, the idea of just talking about the identity shift that is going on in front of us. Because it's really easy after the first couple of weeks, if you're a Chiefs fan, to cling on to whatever positive is happening with your team right so even when the offense was stagnating the fact that the Chiefs defense was very consistently putting up good numbers early in the season if you're not a Chiefs believer you're not going to latch onto that and say okay I'm all in on this defense this is going to be a top five defense all season long when you are you want good things to happen yet identity shifts take a long time to hold right Doing something for six weeks is not a shift in identity. And at no point this season or at any point in Patrick Mahomes' career are we probably ever going to be able to look at the Chiefs and say, you know what, this team, the heart and soul of this team is on the defense. It's on the pass rush. It's on the linebacker. We're never going to be able to do that, yet I don't know when is the point that we can all collectively sit down and say, okay, no more caveats. This is a top five defense. Like, I don't want to talk about star power. I don't want to talk about how most – top five defenses are built with pass rushers or a defensive player of the year candidate on defense, whatever the case may be. When are we going to get there? Because the Chiefs just gave up 17 points to the Chargers a week ago. And say what you want about the Chargers, and they have their own issues that they're dealing with, including on offense with Justin Herbert, broken finger, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know when the smoking gun is going to be that
2: we're all going to be able to say, okay, no more debate. This is one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think that Miami and that, that, that Philly game, if, they can, if, if the Chiefs can come out and that and make a statement, I think that's when national news and national people start like, okay, this defense is for real. If they can come out and slow down that Miami, that Miami offense and that Philly offense, I think that's when that'll be the state.
1: Yeah, uh, Miami and Philly is going to be uh, a nice little two-game stretch. You know, when the schedule was released, what, five months ago now, We saw the first six weeks. We said, oh, wow, this is going to be a great stretch of games. We thought the Vikings were going to be good. We thought the Jets were going to be good. Sean Payton comes to Denver. We thought, okay, like maybe something's happening there. And all of a sudden these games, even Chicago being the darling, we thought these games were all going to be good. They've all been stinkers, but we're going to get to the end of the season when you play the Bills, when you play the Bengals, when you play the Dolphins, when you play the Eagles, where we're going to find out exactly what this team's made of. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball here for Kansas City. And you look at the counting stats. You look at the advanced metrics. Everything would point to the Chiefs being an elite offense once again this season. What I'm continuing to to look for offensively for Kansas City is, can you play four quarters of your A game? Can you put it together for four quarters? And I know that may be tough to ask because you say, hey, at the end of the day, they're 6-1. and one. They lost in week one a one-possession game, are we are we getting a little too nitpicky here asking for them to basically be perfect? Oh, you're one of the top three offenses? Be number one. But I do feel like that's an, that's an earned trait. When you can prove to yourselves, not just the outsiders, but when you can prove to yourselves, okay, we've shown you in a vacuum in a, in a two-quarter sample size what our offense is capable of, and it's pretty damn impressive coupled with what we're doing defensively. I would love for Kansas City to do it for four quarters. And within that comes all the situational stuff, right? We've talked about the short yardage situations. We've talked about red zone scoring. But that all is baked into the cake of, like, how, can you can you put together a complete game? Because regardless of what we think about Kansas City's offense, like you just talked about it, Maurice, they haven't played the toughest portion of their schedule. And eventually they are going to get tested by some of the league's top defenses And I'm going to be really interested to see, okay, what we saw against the Chargers for the first two quarters, very impressive. Can you do that for four quarters? Because you might need to against some of the league's best defenses because you're going to be facing looks that you haven't seen. You're going to be facing a level of talent that you haven't went up against. I would love for in a game like you said earlier, Nate, you're still going up against one of the worst defenses. They may not be as historically bad as they were a couple of weeks ago. This is still one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And I would love for the Chiefs to put four complete quarters of offense on tape just so they can look in the mirror and look at the tape and and go back on Monday and say, okay, we've proven we can do this, right? We're not just going to be good for stretches. We're not going to be good on the first 15 scripted plays. We're not going to be good until the second half when they start to make adjustments or maybe we take our foot off the pedal because we've built a nice lead. I want to see this team do it for four quarters just to prove to themselves we have that in the back. We've done it before. We're going to be able to do it again.
3: Yeah, and I think in the context of the game against the Broncos, when we played them, what was that, two weeks ago? I think as of tonight. um, The Chiefs were one for five in the red zone, um, and they were moving the ball with great efficiency, and then they just didn't have it in the red zone. So I think that's just an area of improvement too. I know red zone scoring is down for everyone this year in the NFL. It's just I think defenses have honestly just gotten better at it. Maybe maybe that'll be something that changes over the course season, but you have to finish in the red zone. You know, it, like people will talk about how the red zone can be kind of volatile, but, you know, to win in the playoffs, which is ultimately the goal, you got to score in the red zone. You can't score field goals. You can't go, you know, four and out in the red zone. So I think this, you know, the Broncos, I'm, I don't think the Broncos are some, they, I don't think they have the formula to stop the Chiefs in the red zone, but it's just better execution. It's better play calling, maybe just doing a little more traditional runs, not not the designer trick plays or anything like that. But, I think it's a good start. Just like the Chiefs haven't turned the ball over a ton this year, especially after the first few weeks. But you can always improve in the red zone if if you're protecting the ball and being efficient in the red zone. With how good the this offense is, just moving in between the twenties, they're going to have no problems.
2: Yeah, and, and I just I really think like honestly, I I thought the Chiefs were on their way to putting four quarters of good football this past Sunday until that 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 Blake Bell fumble kind of just set the second half back for a second. Like they I want to say they was in the red zone right outside the red zone on the on that fumble. And I think if he doesn't fumble that ball right there, the Chiefs score and then and just keep on selling. I think that was kind of a, was a momentum shift and they had to go back and grab it, you know, like mid fourth quarter to keep to keep pushing. But I'm I'm with you, Nick. I, I think the Chiefs need to not even to just us and fans show themselves that we can put together four good quarters of efficient offensive football and be the dominant offense. I mean, because the numbers are there. The score, the scoring is not totally there. Definitely if you take away, you know, the Bears game and, and this week last week against the Chargers. Um, it's been a little closer than what you would come to imagine as far as low scoring closeness. But I think we'll see it. I think I think it's coming, and I think that's a that's a great key, man.
1: You know, I'm going to steal Nate's bit here. I'm going to use a, make a basketball analogy here with the Chiefs offense. Um, it's like when a guy comes off the bench, when Cam Thomas comes off the bench for the Nets and puts 35 up on, in 25 minutes, the expectation should not be that Cam Thomas is now going to score 35 points every single night. But what you learn from that is that he's capable of doing that. That is is a trait that you own now. You own that trait. You have the ability to score 35 points off the bench because we saw you do it. We have not seen the Chiefs play four quarters of their A game offensively. I want to see it just so we can all sit here next Saturday and go, they're capable of doing it because we just saw it. All right, Maurice, let's stick with you. What is your prediction for Chiefs-Broncos
2: Sunday afternoon? I'm going to go high again. I'm gonna go, I am I, I I found success with it last week, so I'm going to go with it again. I think the Chiefs put up 35 this week, and I'm going to say 35 to 20. Would that be the highest scoring output of the season? No, Bears. Duh. Bears. Okay, that one's yeah. not going to get top. 35 to 20, Chiefs.
1: 35 to 20. All right, comfortable cover. Nate, the spread is Kansas City minus seven. Where are you going with this one?
3: So, like my bit that – Division games are always weird. The last time is a low scoring game. We're going to go the opposite this time. We're getting points this game. I don't know what the over under is, but we're going over. Um, I just, like, it's not that the Chiefs defense is going to, you know, maybe they just have a week where some things go weird. The Broncos get some breaks. And I think the Chiefs will just generally execute better on offense this week. I think they'll have kind of a sense of, like, we need to be a little bit better and they'll probably do better in the red zone. So I'm going to go. I still think Chiefs, what'd you say? It was seven points.
1: Seven points. Yep.
3: I'll go 38, 28. So I think the Broncos will put up points probably a little bit in garbage time, but the chiefs still ultimately cover. But yeah, I, like I said, we're going to go the opposite this time that last time was low scoring. This time going to be high scoring
1: 28. is about a month's worth of points for Denver, Nate. So they're going to be, <laughs> they're going to be hitting their quota for October. If they put 28 on Kansas city, man, we'll have something to talk about. If the chiefs give up 28 to the Broncos next week. Um, I've been so bad at these. I've, we're we're on week number eight now, and I don't think I've come remotely close to getting one of these game predictions right. So I'm going to go opposite of what my gut is telling me, which is that it's going to be another ugly slugfest, sloppy, weird game. Uh, I think I'm on board with you guys, but I, I'm thinking a bigger blowout. Like I just I can't closing my eyes and envisioning the Broncos scoring four touchdowns, and I just can't do it, guys. I can't get there. So I'm going to go Kansas City 30, Denver 13, comfortable win, 17 straight wins against Denver. That is my prediction for Sunday afternoon. So somebody's going to be laughing next Saturday when we uh, when we do this all again. Maurice, Nate, thank you very much. Thanks to everybody listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. For Nate Christensen, Maurice Elston, I am Nick Schwartz. This has been Kingdom Keys. We'll see you guys next week.
0: The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more.